The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and exciting to see you across the uh, the desk here, Kelsey. It's we been a minute. Yeah, it's Make been a minute since we've done a show together, so it's good to see you. Uh, it wasn't great to necessarily see Demarcus Lawrence today talking about an issue that he's now dealing with with both feet and also a right knee. All right. So he thinks there could be a fracture where he had his foot surgery. Uh, he says he plans to play on Sunday. Uh, but I don't know. He says his right knee hurts worse than his feet. He's dealing with so much right now, just trying to stay focused on the task at hand. And when I saw him walking away from uh, the media scrum is what we call it when you're doing the the interview I said so but you're good to play goes something along the lines of I think which felt (laughs) Mm. a little bit like Ezekiel Elliott last week so ladies we've been talking all week about the importance of this team shoring up their defense particularly against the weapons which Jess will get into here in a little bit um, in their passing game what they're hanging their hat on right now is their pass rushes top four in the league you don't have your defensive in there in Demarcus Lawrence that affects Obviously, your pass rush, but it also affects you trying to get the pressure up front on the run game and sort of freeing up some of the guys in the back. Are you at all concerned with this Demarcus Lawrence injury that's popped up? I'm, I'm concerned if he can't go because Tank is not only he's he's definitely one of the best edge rush like edge rushers in the game, but he's as a DN he's fantastic against the run. And, and for the Cowboys, he's number one in, like, I think, pressures and also, too, again, in stops in the run. So he's one of the guys that can really disengage and make a difference in the run game. So if he can't go, that is a significant loss to your, def- well, your, your defense and what they do. I don't know who feels there. Maybe a Basham. Yeah, I think maybe he can give you more in the run game defensively. But I think it is important to keep an eye on Tank and what he has going on because, to me, he's the best run defender you have. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I feel like this is a big loss, a defense that has really been predicated on having a lot of their key guys. It's been one of the reasons why this team has won games. And you just mentioned that they're already struggling in the run game. Everyone's scratching their head. I've been watching your reports. We can't figure out why. Like, on paper, it doesn't make sense, right? And so losing any semblance of dynamic asset in defending the run is going to be significant for this Cowboys team. So, yeah, I'm really concerned. And it just feels like they're coming off of a tough loss. To lose a guy like a tank would just be like it's it's one of those things where it's like this is the last thing we need. Like we just we need to have everyone at their best really just bounce back. And so, yeah, like it, it worries me for sure. And the thing with somebody like Tank is you lose that veteran presence as well, which Mm -hmm. is not something you can get with just anybody in that locker room, whether they're playing well or not. And to that point, too, Kels is, yeah, he's great for the run defense that obviously we can talk hours and hours about needs fixing, but he's also great for the pressure on the pocket. And we saw last week that, hey, Kirk Cousins, 
he likes to throw some interceptions very quickly when there's pressure around him and not necessarily coming towards him and rushing on the edge. But if that pocket starts to collapse, he panics a little bit. So this is very concerning, obviously, for this game ahead. But like we talked about yesterday, Jane, look at the schedule that the Cowboys have coming up. This is the arguably the second half of the schedule is the hardest part of the Cowboys schedule, especially with that Green Bay loss now in the book. So it yeah, it worries me. Were you concerned at all like how open he was about how much he was feeling it? Because I feel like at the at this point in the season Everyone's kind of banged up, right? And that's what they and, will and typically tell you. And, that's and so that's why, why I'm wondering he so why open. he's doing that. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's I'm, almost like he's prepping you that if he does play, don't count this against me. Right. Mm. It was that was what's because to your point, Kelsey, when you interview these guys a lot about their injuries, like I think Amari Cooper in the past, Ezekiel Elliott, they're like typically like this point in the season you're dealing with Micah Parsons is all banged up. Sure. But he just really wanted to make it clear how many injuries he was dealing with. And it was, I'm going to be careful when I say this, but it's like if guys are taking heat this week and being held accountable for not making, sticking to their assignments, I'm wondering, was he called out at all? Yeah. And maybe it's like you're sort of, like over not an excuse, but yeah. are you cushioning it? I thought that was interesting. I so, did too. I, I don't know what to make of that uh, because Zeke doesn't typically volunteer the extent of his injuries. I mean, you really have to kind of pull it out of Zeke and, and look at Dak. Dak will typically say, you know, they kind of downplay it themselves, but he wasn't really downplaying it, which I thought was fascinating. And I feel like that's been the trend this season, too. Anytime there is an injury, it's not an automatic yes or no. I mean, we're sitting here guessing up until what? right before game time to who's actually playing. Look at Zeke, the perfect example. Even into, what, three weeks ago now, we were sitting there guessing until last minute because there was not a straightforward answer of this is what was wrong, this is how I feel. So it is very interesting that there's a bit of a different narrative with Tank and these injuries, uh, multiple. That's scary. Well, and I do think what is going to help them out is, I mean, Anthony Barr going back to Minnesota I remember covering him my first, you know, rookie year. He meant a lot to that locker room. I mean, Anthony Barr is beloved there. Even though we haven't seen him for the last couple of weeks because he's been dealing with the hamstring, right? Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. keep up with all of them. I know. Uh, he's been dealing with the hamstring. It does sound like he's trending in the right direction. And I think he helps Micah Parsons because if you look at the last two games, you haven't had Anthony Barr out there, or at least he came out in the middle of that one game. I think he helps Micah play a little bit more loose because we certainly saw Micah playing more linebacker in the last game than we had all season. So I think he helps you out a little bit. And then I had a really interesting conversation with corner Anthony Brown. Um, Kelvin Joseph, I haven't been that impressed as he's played there at corner. Uh, But Anthony Brown, we talked about this yesterday. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to be your biggest threat. And Anthony Brown talked about just – the elements of his game, the routes that he can run, those one-handed catches so and defending good, against him. I mean, it was like 4th yeah. and 18 when they were defending against him. And so they, in the last game at least, they were not throwing at Trayvon Diggs at all. So he wasn't traveling with them a lot. So I anticipate that Anthony Brown uh, probably will. And, you know, he was in concussion protocol from last week. And I said, you know, dumb, dumb question here. I asked him two dumb questions. One was, why aren't guys making some of their tackles and having gap integrity. I I literally said, if that's what everyone keeps saying, why aren't you doing it? And he sort of alluded to the fact that guys have to make, want to make the plays, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd have to go back and listen to the sound clip. I I had it and I was going to play it, but I I believe that's what he said. And I thought that was kind of interesting because you also had 
Micah sort of alluding to that post game, you know, after the loss. But then on the concussion, I asked him, you know, seeing uh, Tua and what he was going through, are you at all concerned? And he said he's had one concussion his rookie year, and then he had this concussion. But he said, yeah, like I'm a father of kids now. I'm going to put them first. So if I don't think that I can play, I'm not going to play. And so that gave me the sense that he was going to play. And I think having just Anthony Barr and uh, Anthony Brown out there, I think is going to significantly help your defense. But I do think the DeMarcus thing is something to keep an eye on. No, Anthony, and like crazy enough, I think getting Anthony Brown back is going to be important just because of the communication factor and stuff like you can't, he is a veteran. Like, he is a veteran nonetheless. Also, with Anthony Barr coming back, Damone Clark has been taking it. Not mm-hmm. Damone Clark. Um, Deron Bland? Yeah. No, no, Damone Clark, 33, has been taking extended snaps, you know, because he's playing more. He has to out of necessity. And he's a youngin'. He's still learning. And I know that is not what they envisioned for him to ramp him up anyway. So, Anthony Barr also coming back is going to allow that young player to get back in there and play in spots. And hopefully that rotation is – the depth in that rotation starts to – come back because right now the linebacker spot is thin to some degree it has been with with the loss of Anthony Barr so Jess I wanted to deep dive a little bit too into some of their receiving threats yeah what are the Cowboys looking at you know specifically even if you do have Anthony Brown back yeah you do have a a defense that wants to right the ship given all the talk about them out there but how much of a challenge is it going to be when you look at this, this Minnesota receiving core? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be, I think, the best challenge that this team has faced so far. Obviously, you have Justin Jefferson. We've been saying that name <laughs> and uh, for a very good reason. If you haven't seen that one-handed catch, well, you live under a rock and you need to. But the thing about him is he plays well on the edges and he navigates coverage very well. So any blown coverage, he's getting that extra yardage. That is going to be very important in this game. And it's consistent. That's what's scary is it's not just a one-off thing. It's very, very consistent. So obviously going to be talking about him, Adam Thielen. If for some reason Justin Jefferson's not open, well, you have an Adam Thielen who averages, uh, let's see, about 51.9 yards a game. Hmm. Sounds like a little bit of a threat. Somebody else that I wanted to put on your radar too was TJ Hawkinson. This is a recent trade by the Vikings who... Okay, he's he's starting up, but hey, he hasn't done bad the past couple of weeks. He's averaged 57.5 yards a game just within his couple weeks of being on the Vikings roster. Keep in mind, keep in mind, he's made an immediate impact. That's what's scary about him is the immediate impact he has made and becoming more of a Dalton Schultz-like kind of clutch tight end for, uh, you know, you have Dak and Dalton. This one you have Kirk and DJ. So something to keep an eye on. Um, And then I have written here, too, that double coverage is going to be big for TJ Hawkinson, because here's the thing. He likes to go for that extra yardage after the tackle. Well, what was an issue last week? Cowboys tackling. So the tackling is going to need to be contained and then not forward tackling because a lot of what I was seeing from all of the wide receivers that were getting the ball uh, specifically during last week's game against um, you know the Bills when, when the Vikings played them was the tackling was contained but they were still pushing for those extra yards. So hidden yardage like you had talked about earlier this week Aisha is going to be huge. Those are just some names of course you can even go into the run game. Delvin Cook Obviously, uh, a big threat when you talk about the run game there. And we were talking about Anthony Barr, something that he mentioned in his press conference, Delvin Cook did about Anthony Barr, was that he's like a brother to him and that he showed him a lot, which is interesting. They play two completely different positions, but he showed him a lot of 
who he is and why he plays like he plays now. So a little bit of familiarity from practice and things along those there. lines. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Jess. Yeah. Uh, you found an interesting connection with TJ Hawkinson and even the Titans here in Dallas. I used to you're in the locker room. Oh, yeah. So I, I actually was able to catch up with J. Ron Kirst today because this kind of is a homecoming for him as well. He played with the Vikings for some time. And um, he was just talking about, you know, they just paid, they just played TJ Hawkinson. But he spoke about the fact that he played with him when he was at the Lions. He has a lot of respect for what he does. And he's enjoying seeing him thrive. Obviously not this week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this, when you talk about the tight end tandem, it to me has changed that receiving core. I think yep. it actually puts it over the top a little bit more, where you can just get fifty yards a piece from your tight ends, and then your number one is just like you know, go do what you got, do what you do. So the tight ends, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the safeties play this game um, at the line of scrimmage with these tight ends because they're physical at the line. They don't care about being in the bump and run. They're going to have to throw off their routes and get them, um, I don't know, I guess get them out of phase during the game because Kirk Cousins has definitely found a security blanket in Hawkinson. And mm-hmm. Adam Thielen gave yep. you that work in a couple spots last last year. So Don't I'm, sleep on Thielen, man. No, he's no. not. He's not a right. sleeper. No, he's not a sleeper at all. He's, consi- he's consistent, as you were talking about, Jess, is that. He's always there. Yep. So the um, safeties in particular are going to have to come play and be ready to wrap up and tackle because the leaky yardage, like Dan Quinn has talked about, mm-hmm. and Mike McCarthy are things they thrive off of because this offense is, they have the ability to be dynamic, but they're not always dynamic. They're just steady. Very steady. And they're good with their hands. That's the biggest thing, too, is you look at how they're catching the ball when it's up in the air. They're making plays when it's up in the air. This ball, sometimes by Kirk Cousins, is not just directly right here between the numbers. It is just up here. They're still making plays. It is. He's going to toss that that up. It is scary. (laughs) But that's also a good opportunity for your ball hawks on the team. Trayvon, sir, I am talking to you. This is the game. We need to see you. I think for me, though, like I look at this this Vikings offense and obviously Jefferson scares you and rightfully so like he should. Kirk Cousins doesn't scare me. You know, even like the Hawkinsons, Adam Thielen, you have to respect him like he still is a very, very solid player. What scares me is kind of what you mentioned, where these guys are are good at jumping in and being the role players, where when you do game plan against a Jefferson, you you can't ignore the other guys in the team like this offense is multifaceted and they are good at executing the simple things, which is something that I think this Cowboys team has struggled with at times. And they'll make you pay. Last week, we saw it. There's a rookie who's out there winning games for a Hall of Famer, right? And like, while Kirk Cousins isn't an Aaron Rodgers, I feel like he has enough weapons that he can still make you pay. Hawkinson is going to be a mismatch for this team. He just is. Most tight ends are, especially when they're receiving games. So I just think there's, you can't ignore what they're bringing to the table, even when they are just like overall like solid players. I think Kevin O'Connell's bringing a lot to the table, too. Oh, yeah. As their young, creative... You, you gotta love Obviously that uh, part of the Sean McVay coaching, coaching tree. tree. Yeah, yep. they do so much. They yeah. do so much. A lot of what San Fran does, the pins, the pulls. They're they're trying to get your. It's guys all these going. young head coaches, man. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to get you going in one direction and going in the other direction. It's this offense is not like I said. I wouldn't consider it like oh my god dynamic, but they're more than capable and they're well coached. And, and they're it's a young. very different offense than what you faced yep. on the road last year. And they're young. Rushing this team. Yeah. That's the key. They're young, so it's not like this is going to be a one time threat. This is a Minnesota Vikings team that can can continue to grow off of this. And we talk a lot about culture here in this building. 
building. They have completely bought into this culture in Minnesota. So 100%. another thing. All right. Well, let's talk about this Cowboys offense. I had an interesting conversation uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, specifically about Kellen Moore. Mm. Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll also do a quick injury update for you. And we've got Tatum Effort uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, one of my favorites. Uh, we first met covering SEC baseball. So wow, story with oh. her. Uh, but we'll have Tatum, Tatum Everett from the Minnesota Vikings on the other side of the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And as much as I love to hear my voice from time to time, if you ask people, uh, Chris, you think I can get that? There we go. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> I don't really love to hear the sound of my voice, although I think there are some people who would argue that I do. Uh, Jess, let's get some live reads. All right. We'll knock out all of your holiday shopping during back-to-back days of Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style. While you're at the Star for Cowboys Christmas, Presented by Flea Style. Well, make sure to head out November 18th and you can shop from 30 plus festive vendors while enjoying carolers, hot chocolate, and even more. Uh, The star will be open from from 4 to 9 o'clock and then you can come back to see us on Saturday, November 19th from 10 to 4 to explore even more goods from 55 more local vendors. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information on that. I Tis love Flea Style. A lot of people don't realize that they have this amazing uh, food and beverage at the back of the store. Yeah. Hmm. If you want to go get an amazing chicken sandwich, go to Flea Style. Brittany's my, amazing. Good to what she's done there is, oh, yeah. yeah, you can get like customized hats, everything. She can't Ooh. lose. There's my two cents hat. there. Uh, I'd love to welcome in right now Minnesota Vikings beat reporter Tatum Everett, who... I told the ladies here on the show, I got to hang out with you and meet you when we were covering SEC baseball. LSU, Lance uh, Breckman was just coming up uh, as as a big dog at, at LSU. You were the sports director in Shreveport and now covering the Minnesota Vikings so well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I know it's a busy week. Thanks, Jane. I appreciate it. Yeah, we do go way back, and it's funny because I would see you at Cowboy Things and was so excited for 
the move that you made to ESPN. Well, you were at ESPN and then you, the NFL Network now and watching you has been always so inspiring. I think the one thing story, I, I tell that story pretty often for, for women getting in the industry because I was like, Jane was, you know, she worked her butt off to be where she is. And she saw Kelsey and I, and she was like, I see you. I see your hustle. You're going to make it. You're going to go places if you keep it up. And like hearing that was, was huge. And I've told her that multiple times since then, but um, for her to pay it forward all the time is great. I mean, no, she's wonderful. And I, and I'm excited to meet you guys. And yeah, I think uh, being up here in Minnesota, while it's uh, 27 (laughs) and uh, snowing for the last four days has definitely been a bit of an adjustment for my like Louisiana roots. But uh, yeah, you get used to it. It's just part of the, part of the territory i guess up here and honestly minnesota is one of my absolute favorite stadiums to go to i was there right after prince died and they had this amazing prince tribute symphony at halftime purple lights because of course prince has like his whole compound Mm -hmm. there uh but one of my favorites and then when they blow the horn during the game i mean the fans (laughs) and they're still angry about uh the trade that essentially set up troy aikman and three super bowls in dallas (laughs) but we are very excited about this one (laughs) Chain gang, uh, Kirk Cousins. They never forget. They never forget. Uh, Why do you think Kirk Cousins is playing as well as he is this year, Tatum? You know, Jane, it's funny that you say that because if you look at his stats, it's really not one of his better seasons. Mm -hmm. I think that he is just feeling understood by this coaching staff. Mm. His history with Kevin O'Connell has really allowed him to have open dialogue between the two of them. They meet weekly Kirk knows these plays he's been in a west coast offense for uh, a while now and I think he just is this this coaching staff trusts him and I think he therefore trusts himself and the bond between the players and Kirk has become so strong that it's almost like he bets on himself more I feel like he just knows he's more comfortable but it's funny because like you know, statistically, it's, it's his not years. been his best, yeah. right? But, I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter. Like, it goes to show you that, like, quarterbacks obviously make a huge difference. But in this case, it, it's just been a total team effort. Uh, gosh, I feel like a coach saying that. But, like, it's <laughs> been, like, every facet of the game has not, they've not played a full, complete game. I, mean, I would say, I would argue the Bills game might be the closest to the Packers game week one. But they're still chasing that, like, game where everything just checks off because they put us through you know, like the ringer every week with these one score games, you never know which way it's going to go, but they, you just can't count them out either. I actually do want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you mentioned the relationship that Kirk has with the head coach and we were referencing this previously, but it feels like Sean McVay is building quite the the coaching tree, right? You talk about in college football, like it's like the Saban coaching tree. Well, in the NFL, it's a, it's a lot of young guys coming up. And I think that, You've been able to see what O'Connell has done with this Vikings team versus what's been done in previous years. Can you speak to what he's been able to bring to the table and truly the difference that it's made just this season alone? I'd go ahead and say. Yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't be lying to you if I said I expected a complete change in in everything because a lot of the same pieces were there. They they got out and got some key free agents that have been key for this season. But at the end of the day, like, Quasi Adofamenta, the general manager, and Kevin O'Connell were very clear. We're not coming in here for a rebuild. We believe in the players that we have in this locker room. We're just going to bolster this roster and make a run for it, which is clearly what's happening. And I think that, you know, no, nothing against uh, 
Mike Zimmer because he's a great coach. He's a great uh, defensive mind. But you've got an offensive guy in here who's relatively young in age. He's played the game. He's worked with some players before. And then he brings in an, an incredibly intelligent and uh, an incredibly intelligent and talented staff that I, I just – these guys are having fun, and they repeatedly tell us how much fun they're having. Several players, including Dalvin Tomlinson, I know he's out right now, but he's told me I've never had more fun playing football than I am right now. So many of these guys are just – again, they're just having the best time of their career. And so I think that's, that shows on the field – because I mean, you guys, I'm sure you saw the clip from last week when they're down, um, when Josh Allen's at the goal line and Patrick Peterson's like yelling in their faces, <laughs> "We've got this!" And it's like that was so crazy because no, like that the probability of that was like one in a million. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's accurate, but, but <laughs> like, just go with it. it. It felt like it, and so I I think that that belief comes from the top. And and from who that they who they've put in here as part of the staff, and it, it's a really really fun, enjoyable um, group of guys. Uh, it's been really fun to cover it and to watch happen because I think sometimes you just don't really think about how much culture plays into it when it really I think is proving to everyone right now it really does. Uh, Tatum, I wanted to ask you about Christian Dursaw. Um, where is he looking this week from your knowledge? He has had a fantastic season to start, definitely one of the better, maybe the best right tackle in football right now. Where is he looking as far as his concussion protocol? Yeah, ooh, I love me some crime dog. That's the nickname that Kirk <laughs> Gibbs gave him. And Kirk in the locker room was like, I need you. He's like, I'm calling you CD, crime dog, you know, like. From, like from the show, and Christian was like, "I have no idea what you're He's talking so about." Awkward. It's like dad <laughs> swag. Awkward dad. He's yes, yes, dad. Yes. But they're embracing it, and they really are like such a tight group. And it's it's fun seeing Christian out there. You know, it, it's his, it's his second year, and. Um, he's such a great addition to this group. He's, like you said, one of the best right tackles out there. I mean, it's just incredible what he's been able to um, – I mean, sorry, left tackles. He's, it's incredible what he's been able to do this season. Christian is was out at practice in a no-contact jersey today, a red no-contact jersey today. I think that might be promising for concussion protocol. I am not part of the training staff. I do not have – that information, but I, um, seeing him out there is definitely a good sign because I know we've got another player that's going through concussion protocol, a Caleb Evans, who stepped up after Cam Dantzler went on IR in the cornerback room, and he was not out there. So hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. Um, he will be a huge loss for this line, especially against the Dallas front. However, you know, this coaching staff is very confident in next man up and I know that seems cliche but last week when he got out of the game Blake Brandell who was drafted in 2020 he's been on the practice squad he really didn't have too much um real game experience went in the game and the coaching staff said they they didn't really feel like they had to do anything different that Blake just plugged in and they were really proud of his efforts so they're confident in Blake in case Christian can't go but obviously the hope is that he's up there because as you guys know both these teams have two games in five days, so he's definitely a valuable player you want to see out there. Hey, Tatum, so we were just 
Getting on that hype train about tight end TJ Hawkinson and the impact he's made immediately for the Vikings offense, can you go into a little bit more how schematically he is really going to impact that scheme and maybe how it's going to be built around him the more time goes on? Yeah, I think what the Vikings have really been missing is that middle-of-the-field threat. And TJ is such a big body that can just rush in there. Be He has great hands. He's got a big body. He knows how to use it. And I think that's what they were missing. As much as his coaching staff likes Irv Smith, I don't think he's ever reached his like ceiling or really like tapped the surface into what he was capable of. And he's really struggled with injuries the last couple of seasons. But TJ is, as you, you know, he comes in the game after – being in the building for four days, five days, and he has nine catches for 70 yards. And it's just incredible that he was able to do that. I think the more weapons you have out there, the better, because when you just key up on Justin Jefferson, there's other ways that this, these defenses can even be punished. And I think that TJ is a huge part of that for sure. Okay, so we're excited I, to have him here. He, <laughs> he he was like, it's nice to talk about you know winning things for yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, it's refreshing. I'm summarizing. I'm summarizing, obviously. But uh, uh so th- this is one of the things that you know has really surprised me the most in, in looking ahead at this game. You look at you know last week and the Cowboys coming off a pretty tough loss. They should have won that one. Vikings had an impressive win over the Bills, and somehow. Still, the Cowboys are favored, which is wild. To me. <laughs> How that. is that even yes. a thing? And like, are you, are you just like totally surprised by that, Tatum? Is there any reaction in the locker room to that? I mean, I can imagine that's just whoa, chip on your shoulder feel, which is the sure. lesson this Cowboys team I needs. Why? That is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think a lot of it might have to do with like point differential, like win win point differential, because uh, you know the Vikings have, I think it's. Seven straight one-score games. They're seven and zero in one-score games. I mean, it's yep. just incredible. Uh, this team has been down three times by double digits in the fourth quarter. It's just you see this team consistently fight back. And I think at some point, odds makers in Vegas are thinking like, "This isn't this, this trend." They're thinking trend. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're thinking mirage. We're thinking trend, right? So it's not a mirage. It's a trend. These players are like, we are going to, we believe in each other. We know that even when we're down like that, it's going to happen. So the belief is there for the entire game. There's never a give up attitude. There's never a panic moment. And so I don't know, maybe Vegas knows more than we do. Usually they are pretty right. So I, I think it's more or less like the Cowboys have had some very convincing wins this season and the Vikings, albeit they just beat one of the best teams in the league, you know, it didn't come without its dramatics and um they did even, it on the even, road. They did it in overtime. Oh, that's my mind. You. And I the know. Cowboys I were know. playing the Packers that literally had an injury report that read like a laundry list. <laughs> and one of their I mean, one of their I think their biggest threats on defense was Rashawn Gary. And the Cowboys weren't able to really get any momentum going. Uh so yeah, I find I find it very, very fascinating, and and I find myself going, "What do they know that we don't?" Literally, that. Yeah, Maybe it's the mm-hmm. history as well. With yeah, the, with yeah. I mean, the, yeah, so, the Vikings I mean, have been terrible that. at home against the Cowboys, and and the funny thing is, they've had those two two last losses, I guess, were against the backup quarterback. So it's like the first time that Dak, I guess, plays these uh, the Vikings <laughs> which is uh, wild. in three years, yeah. which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. So. Yeah, they must know something we don't, but I'll say this. Like, I don't know if Coach will use this in the locker room speech or the, the hype speech to get these guys ready, but this team feels like 
they, they don't they don't listen to the outside noise from what I hear. They're not really they concerned about yeah. the legitimacy. <laughs> I know. They, but, you know, but when I talked to like Brian O'Neill after the game, he's like, well, no, actually, I went, it was KJ Osborne. They were like, they'll know who we are. They'll know who we are after this. And so I think that that attitude is just like, we're just going to back it up with our play and and move on. So it, it is surprising, though. I was surprised. I even think, didn't they open up at like a three and a half yeah. margin, too? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. It, 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 Don't I would be that. insulted, honestly, if I was that team. I would be, I would be offended. I'm sure, again, as Jane, you mentioned this, like mo- yeah. no player is genuinely going to, unless you're Demarcus Lawrence, and then he'll just straight call you out for right. it. But nine times out of ten, they're going to be like, no, our heads are down. We're looking ahead to this next week. Like, give you the Bill Belichick answer. But you know they're secretly like looking at the line or they're reading their name like, on Twitter. We're a one-loss team coming yeah. After that win over the Bills, and I look what, what the like. I I think some people would argue well, what has really yeah. been the Cowboys' big signature win this year. Correct. I mean, that's what I, when I look at the Cowboys, I, I find myself going, "What was the signature win?" I think all of the games they won without their starting quarterback. Well, and Dan Quinn a while yeah. back during I mean, one of not... his press conferences has t- talked about having a moment in the season where he knows that this team is going to continue on, and that you know I'm not speaking verbatim, but he talked about not having that moment yet, and that was weeks ago. That was probably yeah. about a month ago. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If you didn't feel it then, I don't feel it now. Yeah. Well, Tatum, I appreciate so much of your time. I know that you are running around there super busy. I wish I was making the trip to see you. So big, big hug no, from Dallas. You get Tom Pelissero. Tom Pelissero. I'm so I mean, sorry. I like Tom, but I was like, no, no, I really hope Jane will be at the game. No, sadly. And I love Minnesota, Thanks. one of my favorites. But thank you so much for jumping in here. And congratulations on your success, sweet girl. Thank you so much. I miss you guys. And, and, and we'll miss you up here. I can't wait for another epic showdown. Love the 325 kick. Gives me a little time to sleep in. So. The best. Yep, yep. But the one thing, the one thing, though, Jane, you're not missing out on the snow. So no, it's going to be freezing. So I at like least to you're not missing snow. out. I don't like to stay in <laughs> snow. Tatum, real quick, what's That's the fair. expected forecast for Sunday's game? Ooh, good question. Now we are a dome team, which, good God, I'm so happy for. If we were not a dome team, I probably would have yep. turned down the job. <laughs> I was so, going to say. Um, <laughs> but iPhone says it will be. Partly cloudy, high of 30, low of 8. But no, so. for all intents and purposes for these teams, 68 and just nice and sunny. Ooh, love <laughs> of course it is. Oh, my parents love to remind me of how much hot weather they have or, you know, whatever. But, yes, I mean, it, it's definitely cold. Thank God we have a dome. Like Jane says, it's literally one of the best game experiences you, experiences you will have if you ever get up here. I wasn't much of a game presentation person until I got to Minnesota, and oh, I was like, they put on a show. It's awesome. They put on a show. So, yeah. But thanks, guys, for having me. It's You're awesome the best. to talk to you. Take care, guys. All right. Bye, Tatum. As we talk Bye. about the weather, guys, uh, I was up there for Super Bowl in Minnesota, and Diana Rossini is one of my best friends over at ESPN, and so we just love creating content. Mm-hmm. So we went outside with good hot too. water, and we threw it in the air. I kid you not, it turned to snow. I think yeah. I remember this. You posted we, it. We were doing a web redemption because on air once for ESPN, <laughs> Google it. It's great. She was trying to show on air how cold it was at a particular game, and she had a, a, a glass of water, and she poured it, and water came out. <laughs> so it was, our, it was our web redemption. This is also the girl that put her producer in a, in a 
Kevlar vest and took a baseball bat to show <laughs> what Drew Brees was wearing. So one of her live shots, she's hitting her producer in the Art. chest. Uh, it was great. We'll have to get her on the show. She's in maternity uh, leave right now with her second child. Everyone's safe. Back strong and just yeah. there being in maternity leave. Uh, she's great. All right. Well, ahead of uh, having Tatum on, which we really appreciated mm-hmm. having her on and getting some of that insight about what the Cowboys can expect against Minnesota. I talked about how I'm feeling bullish this week. Bullish last week. Zeke wasn't playing. I'm feeling bullish this week that he is playing. And what he had to say about their own young wonder kid offensive mind of Kellen Moore. We'll have that on the other side of the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess, with some live reads. Well, live music fans head to the Star in Frisco on Tuesday, November 29th, for a brand new monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star, featuring the amazing country rock band Western Rewind. The concert kicks off at 7 p.m. and is free and open to the public. For more info, please visit thestarinfrisco.com. Cowboys had an offensive, offensive performance uh, in Green Bay, and we had an offensive. You're welcome. We're talking Kirk Cousins, so I was giving you mom jokes. Uh, That's really good. Yeah, we were having literally an offensive discussion about cheese curds and Green Bay. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was big no from us. Uh, But I think what really hurt that offensive performance was not having Ezekiel Elliott. And hear me out on this, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are like, "Well, wait a minute, we saw." Tony Pollard with more yards from scrimmage than he's ever had, more carries than he's ever had uh, from his NFL and college career and his high school career. And he was able to turn out, what was it, over 100 yards. He had a rushing touchdown. That's all great, right? Like that, he scores for you. But in the last three games before the knee injury for Zeke, he also had two rushing touchdowns. And what I what I truly believe is he the reason why this defense 
played better when you had Cooper Rush, for instance, under center was because they were running the ball more. Mm-hmm. When you're not only handing the ball off to Tony Pollard and you're handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott, you're controlling your time of possession. Sure. You're wearing down opposing defenses because he is such a bruiser and he is such a punishing runner. But when you're throwing it and you're going three and out and then you're setting yourself up for some miscues and some of the the routes that are being run by Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb earlier in that game, that's where you're getting yourself in trouble. And so I've been arguing this and standing on the table for the last couple of years. For those people that don't want Ezekiel Elliott here in Dallas, while I think Malik Davis could be capable of some of those things as a young, more of a bruising type back, what he does is special in the sense of what he does to opposing defenses, which in essence helps your defense. Right. In talking to him today, I truly do believe that he's playing on Sunday. I did not think that last week. Yeah, I I agree with you in a sense that I do think that you miss Zeke this game. And the reason why I say that is because the way the Cowboys ran the ball, they got the numbers, the numbers looked fine, Tony Parr went off. But in that fourth quarter, Green Bay's defense was fresh. Yep. Yeah. That was the difference. Fair. They could rush the passer. They could do everything they wanted to because they had fresh legs. A lot of that, to me, is the way in which the Cowboys are running the ball. Is This game, they did a lot of reaching and stuff, but running downhill and really taking it to these guys, really, I think, I think Ezekiel Elliott is a big part of setting the tone for that, not only for the team, but for the offensive line. This offensive line has played incredibly better when they are – physically taking it to guys running downhill when they're doing all this reaching and all this stuff like they're so much better when they're really trying to pin and pull guys and, and go after them so I felt like the difference in this game was that you missed the physical aspect of your run game not that your run game didn't work schematically it was just like are you punishing them and I think that that the tone setter for that is Ezekiel Elliott so I do think that he was missed this game I would love to see him back this week because I think you're going to need to wear down these defensive ends for the um, for the Vikings, the Darius Smith is insane. And something that we had talked about yesterday too was part of that one-two punch that we just love, love to talk about all the time is you have to get more touches on the ball. I mean, Malik mm. Davis only had five carries this game, and you can't wear down a defense when you don't have a full one-two punch that's not in full operation with more than what twenty-seven carries combined. Tony Pollard had twenty-two carries, Malik Davis had five, and. What Zeke does is, you know, maybe he's not getting those chunk runs. Maybe he's not getting you those 20-yard runs on a consistent basis. But what he does is he gets you five yards. He gets you four yards. He gets you six yards. And those add up, and that wear and tear on the defense is what's so important. So, yeah, come fourth quarter, they're gassed, and they're tired, and they're exhausted, and they're not going to have the energy to stop you on a fourth down. I mean, that's it does come back to Zeke, although I do stick with the – agreement that we all said before the Green Bay game that it was the right call for him to sit for the injury and you know reserving him for the rest of the season I think it's interesting too we're seeing a lot more of the league transition into more of this dual threat backfield which you know we've had a lot of conversations around Tony Pollard's capabilities can he be a number one running back he could be a number one running back somewhere else and you could arguably say he is serving as a number one guy right now but I do think to your point Jane and to everyone here when you when you add Ezekiel Elliott, it is a different type of threat. And I feel like you are extending the time the Cowboys have the ball. Time of possession really does matter yeah, in terms of the stat it. line. Almost every game. And, and, and right. it, it is 
it's you can't just look at a stat sheet and just pick one thing. But if you had to, that would be one. Yes. That and turnovers are the two that I would just say right off the bat. And I feel like I just mentioned that, you know, you've seen a resurgence of these young guys in terms of head coaches and, and offensive coordinators being crafty. I actually feel like Kellen Moore has had to go back to more of the standard type of play. And, and because of the fact that he hasn't had the same guys to work with and I actually think the simplification is is working when they do it right. And what? so I feel like Zeke gives you that really solid run game and gives you that other element. When you add both of them back there, I mean, again, like it's it's a kind of a necessity based off of what weapons they have on the table to be able to wear down defenses and then, again, execute against their game plan. I, I, well, I was going to say I had an interesting – since you brought up Kellen Moore, I had an interesting conversation with Zeke, and I said, look, I'm not trying to like – headline this or get in the weeds here but I am curious how responsive is Kellen Moore to feedback in other words we hear so much the guys volunteering that they have a leadership council and they give Mike McCarthy feedback and he's really great with constructive criticism how was he and he said man we we were here at the same time you know like he's not much older than those guys and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of he said he's my coach but you know like basically saying he's our friend too sometimes I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing Mm -hmm. right uh, I mean, it works obviously with Sean McVay. It works with Kevin O'Connell. It's not working with Cliff and Kyler in Arizona. So I do think that's sort of an interesting dynamic there. But I've asked people, why not do what you were doing with Cooper Rush, which is run the ball more, sort of simplify this thing. And as it was described to me, when you feel like you have a better quarterback, which is in this situation, Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore feels the need to open up the playbook more. But in opening up the playbook more – you are making yourself a little bit susceptible. And even Zeke said, man, he thinks outside the box. But sometimes I'm like, does the thinking Can outside the box? Please stay in there, please. Just stay right. in like, there. Right. Like, is that the best box. Is that the best thing for them? So I, I just, I find that interesting and something to sort of keep an eye on, um, you know, just this year and, and what that looks like moving forward. Because the big knock on Kellen Moore last year was that they were throwing the ball too much. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, ha- I mean... They have to simplify things, especially when you're talking about third down. You're talking about time of possession, whatever. Your third down plays ain't got to be that complicated. Yeah. Like, well, you, you have to get third down. Yeah. You, you have to get two third down. You, you have, have the gentlemen to get three yards like you do. And so I, I agree with you is that there are instances in the game where it's like that wasn't necessary. Right there. You but when it works, something. it works, right? Like, and we've seen him do things. We're like, well, that that was interesting. Mm-mm, not for me, because I think it throws <laughs> off. Uh, not for me. I'm just being honest with you, because it really throws off the game when when they're in a rhythm and then there's some, like, weird reverse or something like that. And I, I understand. And he's even, even Kellen's alluded to, like, having to sit within himself and not pass the ball. But 46 times was too much last week. And that just is what it is. And also, too, but to that point... You have to get a rhythm by starting a rhythm early on in the game. Yeah. Going three and out and setting that tone, that doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. What was it when Dak first came back and decided to throw the ball to Noah Brown? Remember that didn't work out? I was like, why aren't you just starting it and running the ball? Mm-hmm. That that particular play didn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I I think I think it's interesting. Um, this offense, I think, is still struggling to find its identity. Uh, I did ask CeeDee Lamb this today, and I'll, I'll end it on this note. I said, how much do you think, and we brought this up yesterday, the not having the preseason um, and then obviously not having, you know, back from injury, reps matter Yeah, when you're a wide receiver. Yeah. Reps yeah. matter, the connection matters, and I think they've just, they've really struggled to get on that, not just this year, but last year. And I'm not making excuses for Dak and his receivers, but I think that's real. And so in the absence of that, 
I think you should be running the ball more. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave you with that note. Do you've got a quick pass interference for us before we get out of here? My don't, pass not interference? I do not today. Okay, all right. Well, we are wrapping up the show. That's it for the week. Uh, big, big game this weekend in Minnesota. As Dak described it, feels like a playoff game. Hopefully, uh, for Cowboys fans, we're talking about a playoff-type win <laughs> on Monday. That's it for Girls Talk, Boys Talk. See you next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!